All right, let's go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's go. Let's go. Hello, everyone. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kyle Rosedahl. Thanks for being here on this Wednesday. It is uh, October the 25th. It is, and today we are just going to do some news and a smile, maybe two. Who knows if I can get Kai to smile with my <laughs> smile that I will submit. Uh, we will have a great day and and move on. And uh, let's let's get into it because I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, they they got it got done. It. Look they, at they look got at Republicans done. getting it done after yeah. weeks and yeah. ridiculousness. Okay, so as just about everybody has probably. Everybody who hasn't blissfully shut themselves out from the world of chaos that is Washington, D.C., uh, there is a new House Speaker. We have Mike John Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana, who was able to win the vote. It seems mainly because most people don't know that much about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the I guess the anonymity has its has its uh, benefits. Now, I sh- I'm I'm. I'm joking because he was fully elected in Florida to represent a district. So obviously he is Lu- Lu- Louisiana, some Louisiana, Louisiana. He's a Louisiana. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, Louisiana. I yeah. said that earlier. And now yeah. I'm going back to Florida because yeah. it's always Florida. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Mike Johnson. Um, the Hill. There's been a lot written about it. The Phil, written about him. The Hill has a piece. Five things to know about Mike. Speaker Mike Johnson, I'm just going to read the five things. He has opposed Ukraine aid. He pushed to overturn the 2020 election results. He is an ally of Trump. He voted against the recent bill to keep the government open. And he has a good relationship with conservatives. Take from that what you will in terms of what that means for our time ahead, because some things need doing with a quickness that is funding the government, um, because that funding runs out in mid-November. We need... um, the FAA reauthorization bill. There's funding mm-hmm. for Ukraine and Israel that uh, the White House and a lot of the Senate wants to push through. And, you know, the farm bill, other farm bill? large yeah. pieces. Yes, the farm bill, large pieces of legislation that need the attention of our nation's leaders. So, you know what? I'm going to be optimistic that this is going to work, although I'm seeing headlines like the one in Politico, the terrifying learning curve facing Mike Johnson. And uh, there's a lot ahead for this dude as he tries to wrangle the Republicans in the House, which will be interesting. One thing that was of the coverage I've been looking at today that I thought was really cool, Axios made a chart of the House tenures of various House speakers in the Mm -hmm. past, as in Mm -hmm. how long they served in the House before they became Speaker. And Mike Johnson has the second shortest tenure at just 6.81 years, only to be beat by John G. Carlisle, first elected in December 3rd, 1883. So, right, history is cool. History is cool. Well, see, and that, well, never mind. I'll I'll, I'll talk about it when we get there. Um, So a couple of things about Speaker Johnson. Uh, Number Mm. one, he is far right. He's as far right as Jim Jordan is. Right, uh, he is uh, anti-LGBTQ. He mm. is opposed to reproductive rights. He is far, far right, and people need to not lose track of that in the general relief over having a speaker and having the house be able to function. Right, so that's item number one. 
Item number two is I do kind of wonder, given how far right he is and the fact that he participated in trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election, which Joe Biden won fair and square, I wonder what happened to the moderates who for the past 18 days have said about Jim Jordan and about others, look, that's ridiculous. You can't be opposed to the free and fair elections and be second in line for the presidency. And I wonder what happened to the moderates other than just fatigue. And if, oh, by the way, you got tired, that's no excuse. I was thinking about that this morning as well, because I actually thought, and and I know you're going to blame me for my optimism and, and lack of cynicism and naivete again, but... I thought because of that exact reason that this was just going to be another vote that didn't go anywhere because mm-hmm. how different mm-hmm. was Mike Johnson from Jim Jordan, right? Exactly. He's, he's less pugnacious, but he's the same guy. Right. Unknown. And I was just like, okay, so I really didn't pay that much attention to it today as in I didn't even watch the vote because I was working on oh, a wow. bunch of wow, uh, wow, stories wow. And, and other things. And, you know, I had a bunch of other stuff to do today. And I was just like, well, you yeah. know, surely it's not going to really do much. Right. And then this morning I started seeing some whisperings that like, no, this was actually going to get over the finish line. And I was like, really? Um, mm-hmm. It's concerning that someone mm-hmm. who does not seem to be on board with the free and fair transfer of power is where he's sitting in the transfer of power. I, I think you're underselling it if you say it's concerning. I think it's outrageous. And it's, offense against, it's an offense against the republic. Truly, it's outrageous. You know. <sighs> yeah. Uh, whatever. Whatever. Uh, okay. So, a little bit of dysfunction on the other side of the Capitol Rotunda, which may be closer to resolving. There is a movement afoot in the Senate of the United States to get around the blockade of uh, the senior senator from Alabama, uh, Tommy Tuberville, that we've talked about many times on this podcast, uh, on military promotions. The catch is they're going to do it with a change to the rules for this session only, and it will require 60 votes to get most of these 300 admirals and generals through. Um, and that means that the 51 Democrats would need five, uh, sorry, nine Republicans, and it may or may not happen. But I take it as a sign of progress that they're even talking about it. And I think that's a good thing. And I just wanted to know. I think because we're getting closer to an election and nobody wants mm-hmm. the campaign ads against them to be they voted against our troops or they didn't do anything to protect our troops. And, you know. Mm-hmm. That, I totally buy that. Ready to I be totally buy that. A tagline, and that was actually another thing I was thinking about the House Speaker um, race because I was listening to on our our beloved NPR uh, <laughs> this morning about what it was going to mean for fundraising and also yep. what yep. it was going to mean for the 2024 election that it took them this long to get a speaker because Mike Johnson is not the fundraiser um, right. that McCarthy was, but apparently one of McCarthy's main fundraisers has Jeff Miller, who is an advisor to McCarthy, um, and we have a political article about this, that he's mm-hmm. going to go over and help uh, Mike Johnson uh, as well. but. The person who they had on NPR this morning, who was a Republican, was basically like, "Yeah, people are going to forget about this by right. election that was, day." That was my takeaway. And not the the, the election is fourteen months, us. right? Yes, yes, exactly. And so exactly. the whole one of one of the whole things that was keeping Democrats smug during this whole chaotic process was that you know this was testament and the evidence that they could use to say Republicans do not know how to govern. That argument goes away if people have stopped thinking about it or just forget or it doesn't seem 
you know, a big deal in a year and a half, mm-hmm. a year and two months from now. Mm-hmm. And right. I think the short attention span of our wonderful America is something worth keeping in mind. And will the Republicans actually be penalized for this? And I think when you were talking about the moderates getting tired, not only were they getting threatened, often violently, um, deluged with phone calls and you know, just mm-hmm. ripped mm-hmm. Ov- over on Fox News and everything else. What what was their benefit for continuing to hold out? You know, and right. what penalty is there for the folks who just went along with it? Nothing. Yep, yep, yep. Totally yeah. fair. Totally fair. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on, shall we? Shall yeah, we? sure. Yeah. All right, what do you got? I. I don't know what wonders of the universe coordinated for me this morning, but this was literally the first news story that I saw this morning when I got up. And I don't know how it happened, and I'm grateful because it did make me smile. It's in the Washington Post. There is a Virginia teen who has been named the top young scientist in the annual competition held by 3M. It's the 3M Young Scientist Challenge. And he has developed a cancer-fighting soap. Right? Hmm. So I know, hmm. right? So, okay. It took months hmm. of trial and error to create a prototype with a combination of compounds that could work effectively. Sorry, uh, the, the young man's name is Heman Bekele, who's got the same last name as an editor who used to be at Marketplace. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, but this soap ideally could help fight skin cancer at a cost, a cost of less than $10 per bar. It would be made with compounds that could reactivate the cells that guard human skin, enabling to fight cancer sales cancer cool. cells yeah and uh i'm just going to read here from the washington post Heman's idea for the competition came from the early years of his life in ethiopia there i always saw people who were constantly working under the hot sun Heman said he moved to the united states at age four and never really thought more about it but as he started considering ideas for the competition he hearkened back to his time in ethiopia and wondered how many of the people he'd seen working in the sun were at risk of sun exposure and that fueled his decision to focus his research on skin cancer and he submitted a pitch video and he has a mentor and the soap is called skin cancer treating soap it works um, by using a compound that helps revive dendritic cells which are killed by cancer cells and once dendritic cells are revived they are then able to fight against the cancer cells and it reactivates the body's healing power wow yeah wow that's very cool yeah that's very cool i think it's super cool it was uplifting totally go kids and i think uh, do better than us we'll go out on that one we will totally go out on that one 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 good smile will be the trick perfect all right indeed sometimes that's all you need and that is it for us today we are going to be back tomorrow so let and we're going to have our little audio clip show tomorrow so let us know if there's a story that you heard this week that has some audio that jumps out at you i guess i have to go back and listen to the floor speeches from today to see what exactly went down uh and if there was some audio that caught your attention we may include it in our thursday show we're at make me smart at marketplace.org you can also call us and leave us some audio audio yourself at 508-UB-SMART. Spoiler alert, by the way, it was Elise Stefanik and Pete Aguilar, and it was the same, you know, same basic speech that they've given now. 
Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Berg. Seeker Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Today's program is engineered by Jake Cherry. That's scratching you here at the door is Willow, who wants to come in, but we're almost done, so I'm not going to do it. Our intern is Neela Farshabin. <laughs> ben Talladay and Daniel Ramirez wrote our theme music. Our senior producer is Marissa Cabrera. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts, and Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. There you go. Give Willow a scritch for me. I will. She gets so much love, that freaking dog. You kidding me? We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.